0: Warning, this episode contains several naughty words, at least one total brain fart, and numerous references to logical fallacies. If symptoms of not knowing persist, consult your local epistemologist. Welcome to VSI, Variation, Selection, and Inheritance, a podcast production of the National Science Foundation's Beacon Center for the Study of Evolution in Action. I'm Randall Hayes. In a couple minutes we'll drop in for an extended visit with Mike Hager to talk about his personal internet debates with creationists. People who see creation not as a self-organizing process but as an event or a work of art requiring an artist. I'm doing an online course this semester for public school teachers and so far at least this is the issue they want to talk about on our discussion boards. Most scientists devote very little time or thought to this ongoing argument. In one sense, it makes absolutely no difference what anyone believes. The Earth went around the Sun before we knew about it, and the planet itself took no notice of our discovery. Likewise, life will go on mutating and being selected by the environment whether we acknowledge it or not. The polar bears and the locusts don't care what we think. In another sense, this is extremely important. Our financial system, for instance, rests entirely on faith, on the trust we place in it and each other. My house is in better shape physically than it was before the financial collapse. We spent the summer replacing light fixtures and painting. Today we're getting one of those invisible dog fences. And yet my house is probably worth less of this completely imaginary idea that we call money than it was before the financial collapse, because that's what people believe. Where we as a society choose to invest our time and energy depends a lot more on what we believe than in what is actually true. If we keep what we're doing, many species may not be here to care what we think. Well, the locust probably will. One last note before we dive in. My apologies to both Mr. Hager and the Mrs. Reverend Helen Lovejoy for the deliberate misquote at the end of last week's episode. At that point, it seemed like a better option than correctly quoting him out of context. And I thought it was funny. So I guess my first question. Do you use your real name when, you, when you're doing this, so it's it okay for me to call you Mike? Yes, I always use my real name. Not Bladesmith1940. No. Um, and
1: And if you're asking if I'm well-known and that if I post something people take notice, that it was because it was me that is not the case
0: okay no but i do use my real name okay so then i am here with mike hager who is my window into the evolution creationist debate on the you know the pandas thumb kind of websites on the evolutionist side but also the other websites on the creationist side right correct places like what
1: Uh, The first one I went to was a place called EvolutionFairytale.com. Okay. And I honestly don't remember how I got to that the first time. It was a very primitive web page. They didn't even have a a forum application. They had an old-fashioned comment section. But the comment section was huge with people arguing back and forth on it. The proprietor of the site was a guy named Fred. You know, it's kind of my sense of humor, but I never just referred to him as Fred. I called him Fred, you old rascal, you old scoundrel, you, at the beginning of every message. Because he had sections specifically targeting children. And I said, you're lying to children. You're just flat out lying to children
0: about the way the world works, and you shouldn't do that. So it wasn't, so you, in a sense, you did kind of take it personally. Yeah. It it didn't start out, it didn't start out as a joke. It didn't start out as being bored at work. You you developed a personal interest in the topic.
1: It, it angered me when I saw the stuff that he
0: was saying on his web page.
1: I'm st- that webpage is still up, and I am still on it.
0: Oh, really? How many how many total comments do you think you posted in the past? What ten years? Thousands. 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 <laughs> Easily thousands. Hundreds on that side alone.
1: Um, I'm banned from it now, of course. There was the, I, I I poked and goaded the guy enough.
0: And so you were you were take, sort of taking on the proprietor of the website himself, yes. not necessarily, right? Flame warring people who were just on the site. Right.
1: I don't want to do any boring logic chopping, but you can edit this out if you want. Sure. Um, he was engaging in, in false dichotomy. Okay. the The bulk of his arguments were that evolution has problem A. And problem A was any one of the lists that he had. All of which, incidentally, were incorrect. But they were complicated enough that explaining them to his target audience would take a very long time. And it's far easier to say, and he literally used this one, if we're descended from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? And it's far easier to throw that out and and then move to the next one, Mm -hmm. which is what they do, than to take the time to say, okay, here's why there are still monkeys.
0: Right, so that's the, the book that I just gave you this afternoon, uh, In Search of Deep Time. That's, it's a book about cladistics, right? And so yeah. the whole idea of, no, 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 it's not a line, it's cousins. Right. It's not ancestors, it's cousins. Backing up, he was engaging in false psychology. He said, A is a problem,
1: thus, young earth creationism is the only option. I never could get him to admit that that problems with evolution did not constitute evidence for creation.
0: Right, so as though there are only two. uh, So when I teach this in my analytical reasoning class, I throw out the example that says, either you're with us or or you're you're against us. Which is, I could not care about you.
1: The evidence that he put out was a misuse of information theory. Yeah, the idea
0: that you... That you can't go from, that entropy says you can't go from something simple to something complicated.
1: Right. And, and the specific example he used of that was uh, DNA. And because DNA is kind of euphemistically referred to as a code, he was treating it as if it were actually a code, which requires encoding from an outside source.
0: So it was really a play on words, more even than real information right. theory.
1: right. Um, if you were recall at the time, because you're a scientist and I'm not, I got you to explain information theory to me. Because I was weak <laughs> on it. <laughs> and this guy and then he edited my comments. Oh. And declared victory. Wow. I said that he was well known in creationist circles. Kind of the uh, the father of this online debate was the news group all Something creationism, okay, and he was a moderator on there for a long time, but he engaged in some pretty blatant what's referred to as sock puppetry
0: oh posting
1: posting things supporting his position under different names, mm-hmm. and he was editing other people's posts, and he was basically asked to leave because he was he was not engaging in honest debate. I ran into him at another um, at another site that's just called Creation Evolution Debate. That's one of the big ones that I'm also banned from. So how many sites have you been banned a from a lot? How many sites are there? Hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds of debate sites. Okay. Coming from, from either either direction of, of the
0: debate. But, but I, the ones you've been banned from are all creationist sites. You've no. never been banned from one of the others. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> the just the Creation Evolution debate site is very much evolution-oriented. There are lots of people with really good... I learned a lot on that side. People with really good understanding of the science who go there and just smack creationists around firmly. Really? Yes, and and the creationists keep coming back.
0: And you got banned from that side. Yes, I did. How did that happen?
1: Um, I got into a debate about... uh, Oh, crap. What's the word? The philosophical study of how we know things. Oh. I can't remember at the moment. But another person and I had actually I had gotten to the point where I, I was fairly, you know, well respected on that side because when I first went there I was very calm, very rationally, and I'm a decent writer. I'm not great, but I'm decent. Um, I was posting a lot of things that people would compliment me for afterwards.
0: Good terms of phrase, you mean. Yeah, that sort of thing.
1: But this person maintained that he was an adequate source of information about what is going on in my mind. He was able to extrapolate that effectively. And I said, no, the only accurate source of information for what's going on in my mind is me telling you what's going on in my mind. <laughs> um, and he absolutely refused to accede that point. And I lost my damn mind
0: <laughs> and got banned. Going to break in here for a moment and point out that obviously Hager has never been married or he would be pretty used to someone claiming to know the contents of his mind. Part of the bias that I have in sort of building this podcast and the choosing lots of different gr- groups of people to interview is that I have a, I kind of just have a problem with the, with the idea that shutting down the debate is a good idea.
1: <sighs> obviously you're right. Discussion is always good. Exchange of ideas is always good. But here is the primary problem with that in the creation-evolution debate. In my mind, and I'm hardly enough Well, I may be a bit of an authority. <laughs> when an evolutionary biologist or scientist of any kind says, you know, descent through natural selection is true, for instance. Mm-hmm. If counter-evidence turned up, it would be galling, it would be painful, there would be holdouts, it would be awful. It would be a cataclysm in the scientific community. But eventually, if the evidence just keeps going, here I am, but I don't like this side of it, wait, here. Eventually, the scientific community would accept it.
0: Eventually. Eventually. Yes. Eventually. T- because scientists are also human beings yeah. who are hypocrites. Yes. And who have emotional blocks about things but, but, but uh, the, the, process, process, right. it, the process will work itself out.
1: In ten years of being involved in this sort of thing and reading stuff going back further than that, you see the same basic set of arguments. The same creationist arguments over and over and over. When I go onto a site or a forum or something like that, and I see one of those things come up, I can tell you what the next 50 posts are going to say. Very patterned. It's very patterned. Someone will come up and say, evolution can't be true because of entropy. Or they will come up and say, the world must be young because there's not enough dust on the moon.
0: How many of those people had that thought themselves?
1: None. The main
0: popularizers
1: of these ideas, you can point your finger right at them. Uh, this fella, this guy, Ken Hovind, who his, his nickname online is Dr. Dino. Okay. He has aped uh, the Amazing Randy's Supernatural reward, where he says he'll pay $500,000 to anyone who can
0: prove evolution. But the word prove not being you know yeah. the scientific inductive kind of proving, not being the deductive.
1: What, yeah, the deductive, and uh, it has to be done on his standards, and
0: you
1: know, you got uh, the Amazing Randy, he doesn't have the money because he's actually in jail for tax evasion right now, and they're selling his theme park, Dinosaur Creation Land in Florida, out from under him.
0: Oh. Um, the next big... I didn't realize there was a, another theme park. I mean, I, I knew... It's, but...
1: it's, it's not on the scale of the Ark Park in Kentucky that's being talked about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a much smaller, kind of chintzier operation. Okay. Um... You've never been to that
0: one, have you? No. Okay. No.
1: And since we mentioned the Ark Park, the other group that throws out these ideas to people all the time is the Institute for Creation Research, which is the group behind the Creation Museum in Kentucky and the Ark Park.
0: I didn't realize that those two things were separate places.
1: Yes, they're two separate places.
0: So for the people who, who haven't been to either one of these places, what is the Ark Park and what is the what is the Creation Museum? Let's we'll
1: probably talk about the Creation Museum first. The Institute for Creation Research, which is uh, originally an Australian group, actually.
0: Okay. I didn't know
1: that either. Um, took a collection for years and built a $17 million facility in northern Kentucky to propagate the idea that um, evolution is not true and that the world was created six to 10,000 years ago. They're what are called young earth creationists.
0: As opposed to, say, old Michael earth. Behe and those other people who admit that the world is could, could be really old. Who are old earth creationists. Yes. Behe and... Uh, and the Seattle people, the Discovery Institute? Discovery Institute, yes. So have you ever been out... Do you know any of those guys since you moved out here? No. Or?
1: I haven't had a, had, uh, a vehicle to go dicking around with it, but I will soon. So there's this large, actually well-constructed museum with animatronic dinosaurs hanging out with Noah and an animatronic Noah building the ark, an
0: animatronic heroin addict. Really? Yes. Does does it have, like, needle-injecting action? Yes. Oh.
1: It's, in the, it's in the exhibit where they are showing what the world will be like um, if evolution is taught in the schools. You basically walk down this simulated dark alley, and in the, the, the speakers are playing gunshots and screams in the distance. And there's the heroin addict. And on one side, it, it's built to look like a church that has been shut down. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is a, a middle-class family home, but the windows are TV monitors, and they're showing all the terrible things going on in there. Uh, all caused by the rejection of young earth
0: creationism. So again, it's a false dichotomy that yes. says either you're a young earth creationist or bad things will happen. Or you're going to hell and you're going to drag society with you. And, and Which is really kind of ironic because if you look at the work of someone like David Sloan Wilson and some of the other people who have looked at what religion is, it's an adaptation to this, the moral problems of human society how do you get people who are not blood relations to one another to cooperate about anything yeah and so it's it's really striking to me how there are plenty of scientists who are now beginning to study the very urges that underlie religion and which
1: by the way really ticks quite a lot of christians and other religious people off
0: yeah <laughs> yeah do they talk about that work at all, or is it known at all?
1: No, um, a little bit, but the idea that, and you have to understand, the, the religious people that I deal with in, in my hobby are the maniac extreme ones, much like I am the maniac extreme <laughs> of the atheism and rationalism and secularism uh-huh. side of things. Anything that in any way casts doubt on the idea of a personal deity that is both omnipotent and omniscient, probably white, and is looking down on each and every person
0: from above, sends them into a frothing fury. So then they would, would they be more angry at Richard Dawkins or more angry at, at D.S. Wilson, you think?
1: That's a hard call because they really (laughs) hate Dawkins. Ah, they hate him. Some of the sites that I go to are Dawkins Watch, where they basically this guy um, has dedicated his life to making fun of Richard Dawkins in kind of a mean-spirited way. But they would basically think the same thing about both of them. Oh, they would not separate the two? No, very little. They would think that they are trying to keep people from having faith in God. It's probably sinister. But they're just going at it, about it different ways. And they're using this big, complicated um, thing called science that makes them think they're smarter than we are. There's, there's quite a bit of uh, resentment of
0: knowledge and education. Well, and in fact, as someone who, who does education for a living, I can say that, that much of that resentment is kind of deserved. <laughs> Because there's some arrogant sons of bitches. That's not why they resent it.
1: Well, that, that may be kind of why they resent it. They they refuse to accept that someone who does evolutionary biology for a living is a scientist. You know, that's what they do. They refuse to, they hate the idea that this person goes, you know, a little, I know a little bit more about this than you do. So what else you want me to
0: ramble on about? Well, I'm I'm curious about. So you, you sort of drew the distinction between the what did you say? The Institute for Creation Science. Institute Institute for Creation Research, ICR. Creation Research. So they built the the Creation Museum. The Creation Museum, which you've been thrown out of how many times? Twice. Twice. And then they're also they're also building the Ark Park. They're also which,
1: building the Ark Park, which is about thirty miles away, still in northern Kentucky. It's a theme park with rides and stuff. With rides and stuff. One of them is an ark, not the ark of the covenant, the uh, the Noah's ark,
0: mm-hmm.
1: built to the size listed in the Bible. Assuming we actually know what a cubit was. Okay. Um, which is pretty big,
0: you know,
1: not obviously big enough to get all the animals on, but pretty good size. And that's going to be the centerpiece. That's why it's being called the ark Park. Why did they pick Kentucky? Part of the reason that they picked Kentucky is they were able to get a location very near Big Bone Lick State Park.
0: Which is a fossil site. Which is a
1: fossil site, yeah. And they discussed Big Bone Lick, and I think at one time there was some talk of them doing tours.
0: As a counterpoint to their own displays.
1: Right, and I don't know if they ever started doing that. I, I can see where there might have been issues with that that they weren't able to, but they wanted to. Okay. Um, They're not the only Creation Museum in the world, they're one in London. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not nearly as big.
0: Well, the real estate in London being relatively a lot more expensive.
1: I have to admit the Creation Museum is large, and it's professionally put together, and it's very slick, and uh, I can see where it would be persuasive to
0: See, I'm trying to be ecumenical here, but I want to say the simple-minded. Well, there's a big difference between being, and I, I throw the word ignorant around yeah. with my students. And the first time I do it, they always take offense right. because they're not drawing the line between ignorant and stupid. Right. And I have to make that distinction for them and then say that I, too, am ignorant of very many things. And then they're generally okay with it. Okay, That's I can see where it would be persuasive.
1: Um, you know, they have they have a lot of geology in this museum.
0: Geology was the basis of a lot of Charles Lyell and Darwin. Yes, and the, the sort of the beginnings of that movement. Then realizing how much time was available mm-hmm. for things to happen, which is the sort of the point. If you are in fact a young Earth creationist, yes. as opposed to like Behe or one of those guys who is more focused on molecules.
1: Yeah. Um, It's called Catastrophism,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's the idea that all of the geological features that we see in the world today were either part of original creation or created during the Great Flood. So they have all these pictures of these uh, small features that were cut during the Mount St. Helens eruption.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know... With no scale to compare them, and you really don't have it in the way they're presenting it, yeah, they look very much like the pictures of the Grand Canyon that are right next to them. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, this happened in a day.
0: In 40 days.
1: This is what happened over here. Well, actually, the catastrophism about the Grand Canyon Canyon is even funnier than that. Because the thing that you hear a lot is that uh, after the flood... There was a huge, because they can't really explain with just the the rising waters of the flood how this got cut just in that place and not everywhere. There were large glaciers in northern Canada
0: hmm. that
1: held huge amounts of water
0: after the flood receded. Okay, so there was a two-stage flood. Yes,
1: there was a two-stage flood. And then these glaciers broke. And this giant torrent of water ran down the Colorado
0: and dug the Grand canyon. Okay. So now, and that actually sounds really familiar, because I was out in Montana. They have this whole video about it, because they're good Montanans, about Lake uh, Missoula, which was this giant lake formed in Montana behind ice dams in the Rockies. It filled and emptied a bunch of times, through the ice ages like as it would get so full it would rupture the ice dams and you see in eastern Washington Oregon places like you see these the evidence of really catastrophic floods yeah and if you're driving through Yakima and places like that I mean you'll see this 30 ton boulder out in the middle of a field with nothing else around it and so I'm, I'm, I'm do they have any of that stuff there too but, or is it just that kind of thing it's just that kind of thing the Grand Canyon is very popular with young earth creationists that's what people who are not young earth creationists
1: point to yeah they go look at that it's freaking huge and I'll admit when I first went to the Grand Canyon which was about two or three years ago one of the first thoughts I had when I first saw it was I was standing there on the edge white knuckling the rail um, and I just went who do they think they're kidding look at this how can you think this happens in 40 days or a couple of days?
0: And I have never even been to the Grand Canyon, so I've, I've only seen pictures of it. And, and he talks about this, a lot of people talk about this. The, the human imagination is really pretty limited. Yeah. It's really hard to think about scale. The scale of the Grand
1: Canyon was such that, me being of an age where I was raised on movies and television, it looked like a painted backdrop.
0: Really, mm-hmm. for the first few minutes, and then you started. To, it yeah. started to soak in. Yeah. Uh, We're ranging off our the subject that you started on a little bit. We are, but that's fine. Okay, that's what editing's for. <laughs> so your activity is mostly then, in terms of the internet, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I did try to engage in some active partisanship with the Creation Museum, but you wouldn't help me. if you recall I I got the permission of a landowner you actually went so far as to get permission yeah I did that before I called you oh I didn't know that I was going to have you sit in the booth with the lab coat on with the sign that said ask a real scientist and dear listeners his reply was
0: I get yelled at enough at home (laughs) well and the fact that I'm in fact not an evolutionary biologist I'm a neuroscientist (laughs)
1: So I would do that kind of thing if I had the opportunity. I never have. The Discovery Institute was at one time, I don't know if it still is, centered in Seattle.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I may get to do that now. Um, but yeah,
0: it's pretty much online. What's your feeling about the debate right now? Is it just entirely at a standstill? Have there been new developments? <sighs> As Where is the battle right now? There has been no change in 10 years. Really? It's complete, you're completely static? The not thing had no effect?
1: Oh, Lord, no. I mentioned it earlier. There's this set of arguments that the leaders of the creationist movement kind of use, um, and I don't know that you could say that this is to their credit, but they do, there are several websites, including the Discovery Institutes, that says, here are some arguments that you will hear creationists use. Don't use these. Oh, right. Because they, they're dumb. And, you know, the uh, the uh, the whole entropy thing is listed on
0: there. Well, f- yeah, and for instance, like during the Dober trial, the Discovery Institute said, no, we do not want to be involved with this yeah. at first, right? Yes. And then later, in, maybe some individuals from that changed their mind or something.
1: Bayhay. Be- like Michael Bayhay, be- I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly.
0: The kind of...
1: He's a biochemist. The intellectual leading light of... Uh, the whole intelligent design movement mm-hmm. which most evolutionary sites call creationism in a cheap suit
0: and there were I mean the stuff that came out at the Dover trial what was it the, the pandas
1: the book is uh, called Of Pandas oh, and People where they it just
0: literally did a find, replace? Yes,
1: to change creation to intelligent design it didn't change anything
0: else I found a similar thing in Marvel superheroes by the way in the RPG. Really? Yes. Jack and I were uh, making up a character for him and we I typoed. I was trying to write shape shifting. And I actually typed shape shitting. <laughs> and there were 17 instances of the of the phrase shape shitting in the PDF versions of of classic TSR Marvel Superheroes. Really? That's bizarre. And
1: <laughs>
0: so Jack went around for several days going oh I pooped a cube
1: <laughs> but to kind of keep going on, on the, the whole thing about where the debate is it's the same place
0: it is so, the, so when people trumpeted Dover mm-hmm. as being this turning point they were not right they were not right Legally, it may have been a turning
1: point. I'm not qualified to, to speculate on that.
0: In terms of the number of school boards that have tried to yeah. to change, oh, that's
1: that's stayed pretty constant. Now, how the law will interpret those, I'm you know, I don't know nothing about that. But you see, you hear the same arguments over and over and over, and they get refuted the same way over and over and over.
0: Then, if it's a case of pissing on fires continually that then just spring up again. How do you break the log jam? Some huge external event? You know, discover life on another planet? What happens?
1: I don't know. I've I've been thinking about that in, in the last few years. How can how can this ever ch- change or end? And I've almost come to the depressing
0: conclusion that it won't and can't. And yet, evidence-based sort of science has made, in the past 500 years, yes. has made huge strides yeah. in the sense of there are very few flat earthers. I mean, I know a few. They still have a website. They have a newsletter. That,
1: that website is actually a fraud. That's a joke. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's actually called a POE. What
0: do you mean?
1: Um, a POE? A POE. Because there was uh, some guy on the all creation uh, news group way back when mm-hmm. who went by Poe, and he posited what is called Poe's Law. Poe's Law states that an extreme Christian or creationist document, text, or website is um, completely undiscernible from a fake or spoof or parody.
0: So, in, a, in the same way that, say, Landover Baptist, that comedy website...
1: People go to it and think that it's a real church's website. Mm-hmm. It's a post. Okay. And, and I've been taken in by them. I thought the Flat Earth site, flatearther.org... Oh, really? ...was a real site, and it just incensed me. <laughs> it just... <laughs> I just wanted to... Bang my head into a wall, and then I did some reading on other sites and it turns out that the guy was, it was a joke, it was a poe. So how many, how many of these are there out there? I don't know, but what you'll often get is some just creationist with no writing skill whatsoever will show up at a site and just slam the, the forms or whatever with the same old claims that you see time and time again. And but do it in some way that's so extreme that you just go, is that uh, is that guy joking? Mm-hmm. Because could he seriously think that? And people will go, oh, that's a poem, and there will an argument will ensue over whether or not it's a poem. It's
0: like Batesian mimicry, yeah, in a sense. Mm-hmm. People are now even not even really sure who really believes what. Yes, the debate becomes. About the debate. Yeah.
1: Is this is this person really going to sit here and tell us that, oh, he thinks that trees can talk? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that guy serious? I really can't tell. And I realize I'm a tempest in a teapot. I'm not actually helping anyone. I cannot honestly bring myself to think that all of my ranting and all of my raving and all of the thought that I put into this... And all of the times that I've said things to people, that I have ever changed one
0: mind, and that's something I've wondered about a lot. In just sort of from a distance, watching the the debate, and not really too much being a part of it myself. Yeah, is I've often wondered, because I, gener- I generally sort of take the I've taken the opposite approach, where I where I've actually had um, evangelical students, you know come to me in my office hours and there are definitely colleagues of mine who are secularist preachers of evolution who take that exact same viewpoint that says, this is true, don't question it. And don't allow naive questions, say, in the classroom because they're in a hurry and they've got a lot of material to cover. I generally don't take that point that point. And so then I get those students who come into my office and then want to have a discussion about it. I've often wondered whether, you know, the Dawkinses of the world are helping or not. And, and I, don't know how, I don't know how to measure. That's one of the reasons I keep asking you sort of about the state of the debate, right? Is yeah. that what I really want is some kind of measurable, I, I want a metric of whether I'm helping or not.
1: You're helping more than I am. <laughs> but that's how do I know? Like I said, I don't think I've ever convinced a single person. But ha- And how would
0: you know if you had? Would they come back and talk to you about
1: That was it? the next thing I was going to say. I may have. I wouldn't know.
0: Because you got banned. Because <laughs> I got banned.
1: <laughs> the big names, the ones that get the real media attention, like Dawkins and Harris and Hitchens... And to a lesser extent, uh, the, uh, the most prominent um, secularist and rationalist blog on the web is called Ferengula by a guy named P.Z. Myers. People like that may convince, have convinced a few people, because they're blasting their message so widely. and Inconsistently. Inconsistently. And as much as I like it, Myers is probably the least effective, because he's really acerbic and, and can be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just goes, "Oh, what's, what's what what's your point about creationism?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's all completely wrong. And I'm sorry, I don't have anything else to say about it. Heard it before. Heard it before. It's wrong. Here's a link to why. I typed it once. I'm not typing it again. So I can see where your your colleagues would get that way, because dealing specifically with creationists, as I've said. A couple of times during this, you get the same things over and over and over. You deal with him with one person. He doesn't believe you, but he goes on his merry way. And then the next one comes along, says the same damn
0: stuff. Which is actually very much like teaching college classes. The question I should have asked Mike was, why do you keep it up? Didn't occur to me at the time. But there was a discussion I cut about the unreasonable optimism of human beings which may well be a survival trait. No doubt we'll pick that up again on our old-fashioned comments page. Before I go though, I want to point out that 10 years is not that long a time. 150 years ago there were exactly two guys thinking about natural selection, Darwin and Alfred Russell Wallace. Now there are millions. 500 years ago we knew, knew that the Earth was the center of the universe, and we were willing to burn people who disagreed. Civilization survived that. I'm willing to bet it will survive this too. VSI is produced by me, Randall Hayes, at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with support from the National Science Foundation's Beacon Center for the Study of Evolution in Action. Thanks for listening.